So what could do that to a beast this size? Yeah. And would just leave it here. Yeah, instead of eating it. Are there any other clues about? But it's it's either dead or it's really, really calm because it's not moving. We could scry again and see if we see ourselves. I mean, that's like, I think scrying right now is not a bad idea. Well, let's let's carefully move down this tunnel and see what we can find. Oh my gosh, this is going to be awful. It's going to be it's the worst thing ever. Chapter 207, Hanging with the Yeti. Okay. So in the last episode, you guys had climbed up up the uh, hills. Thankfully not nearly as far as you'd have to go to get to, say, the Dragonborn on the other side of the Mare, but had gone up up in the hills above Kaleskwe, up into the snow line at least and had come across the remains of the gnome home, the old Tinker's settlement that was abandoned a thousand years ago when it was overrun during the Mage Wars. And you are now sitting, you just kind of crested a little bit of a rise, and you're looking at um, a little bit of a veil. And Creval, this actually kind of reminds you of the winter uh, veil for the Dragonborn. Um, that uh, it's a little protected here uh, compared to the heights above, just like the wintering veil for the Dragonborn is. But snow has moved in as it no doubt has moved into the Dragonborn veil as well. Um, however, unlike the Dragonborn veil, which is now full of a bustling community of mountain barbarians, uh, the gnome home here is just a ruin. It, it uh, reminds you of your initial time down in Calium Sedes, where you had been walking, in that case, for more than a day and realized that the tumbled stones that you'd been walking amongst were actually the old remains of walls and so forth. And you get that same sort of feeling here. Uh, this uh, particular burg, though, probably serviced no more than a few hundred souls. Uh, there's only about that many uh, houses here, uh, maybe four or five dozen. And walls stick up out of the snow here and there. Um, there are drifts here and there in the snow, just kind of little hummocks that, uh, where the snow is piled up. Um, and at the far end of the vale, there is a hole in the mountainside. An archway has been carved that you can see. And um, at one point, it probably had two doors. Where the other one went, you can't really tell. Maybe it's buried in the snow outside, but you can see one of the ancient bronze doors is still hanging by one hinge ajar out into the snow there. And that's where you guys are now. Oh, and Drew, no smoke coming out of this uh, hole. And nor does it look like the uh, cave that you guys saw before. Well, I'll mention that to our residents and see what they think about the fact that there's no smoke currently coming out of this. I think it's probably maybe a good sign. Maybe there's no one in there. 
or no, no one's out or where we're going is just nearby and not inside the city mm. i don't know could it be like it's, there's like an inner city or something that's sort of my be. idea i thought there could be uh, a another cave or another entrance inside here the the prophecy um talks about the the first line is and you must find a dangerous lair so I, it could be that there's something still farther in could you repeat that or actually pull out the parchment that you have it written down on and actually read the clue please mm-hmm. and you must find a dangerous lair where fiery greed guards the treasure that is there and then um the vision that came with it was a cave in the mountains with a curl of smoke drifting out of the cave. And, and you guys also have a journal entry of when apparently the phylactery was stashed here, so that might be useful as well. We know we know by the journal entry that Lowell came out that uh, his assistant noticed that he seemed like he'd been near something with fiery breath or forging or something. Mm-hmm. Um, can I carefully approach the door and just try to scent the air? And look at the uh, the entirety of just inside the doorway, the walls, the rooftop, and the ground. Aren't we still like a destroyed city away from that? Or? Yes, you are on the far side of the veil. Um, so yeah, you, you certainly can um, there, Creval. Uh, what does the rest of the party want to do? Do you want to advance with him to the doorway through the advan- the abandoned city or ruined city? I or? think it's probably best that we don't let anyone go by themselves right now. You know. Mm-hmm. Hey, Creval, you can, if you can cast that spell, uh, maybe we could talk to Thrax and let Thrax do some recon. Little tiny raptor to kind of skitter around. Small enough not to attract really too much attention from anything. I'm certainly not against it, but I thought Thrax was actually on the fairly larger side. Like we're talking like a large turkey, right? Yeah, I think he's turkey size. He's turkey turkey size, size, but. You know, that's not threatening, right? Mm-hmm. And let's you face know. it, when you look at Thrax, you think dark meat, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, I'll spend, uh, it'll be like 20 minutes to do both. Or Actually, I'm going to do both spells, but it'll take about 20 minutes. I'll do speak with animals, and then I'll do uh, beast sense. And I believe beast sense allows me to use their senses. Let me double check that real quick. Uh, yeah, it's up to an hour, um, but I don't know if I can use it in conjunction with speak with animals. Let me see. I think you have in the past. So animals is a duration of 10 minutes, but not concentration, where beast sense, I believe, is concentration. Yes. So, then, so I'm yeah. assuming with a ritual, you still have to maintain concentration, correct? Okay. Yeah, once the ritual casts a spell and concentration okay. makes a spell. I was just making sure that even with a ritual, you still had to concentrate. Yeah, if it's a concentration so like, spell, yeah. Okay, all right, so I will go ahead and cast... Um, Speak or be sense first, and then we're not cast but ritualize. Use be sense first because that lasts for up to an hour, and then speak with animals and then talk to Thrax and ask him to carefully go scour ahead. Then he says, Hey, boss, what's up? Yeah, I was like, I need you to go inside and see if you can find out if anything's in there is living. Do not engage them because it may be bigger than you and deadlier. But you are one of the sneakier sneaks we have, and I would very much appreciate it if you'd be willing to go do so. So you want me to sneak over there in that big opening? That's it. That sounds like fun. And Excellent. 
he goes trotting off. And you see him kind of going ding, ding, from wall to wall, ding, ding, and he'll like you know exaggeratedly like look around the wall, look around the wall, look around the wall, low, high, ding, ding, to the next one. And you see him trot all the way across there. And you know, obviously, being a town of of you know more than a hundred people or so, um, it is pretty substantial. It's, you're you're talking almost a mile away, and. Um, you see him kind of just trot right up to the doorway and peek around inside. And then he just kind of slips away and, and he does the reverse thing. Ding, 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 all the way back. And he trots right up to you. And he says, there's something dead in there. Not surprised. Wonderful. It's big. Is it moving dead or non-moving dead? It's dead, Face down on the ground. It's covered in like white fur or something. Oh. Okay. Thank you. And yep. I'll pass it on to the party. Hmm. Could I see what it was through his eyes with B Sense? Did I actually see it? Actually, what does it, it say there? I can see and hear, but not smell. Okay. Up to an hour. Sounds good. So yeah, you're you're looking through his eyes as he's you know going across there. So it's kind of like being in a first person shooter game as you're sneaking around the walls and everything. And then um, you look in there, and what you see is a huge white furred body with two arms and two legs and a head, lying face down in a dr- in the snow that has drifted in through the the wall, and it just seems to have a uh, large, about twenty foot wide. 15 foot high corridor that goes back into the gloom there. What happened to recognize it? Do I have any of these things near my mountains? Um, actually, um, yeah, roll for me a uh, nature check on this one and do it with advantage. Oh, right. uh, that would be a 20. Yes. Uh, so, yes, you you have hunted these, Creval. This is a uh, Yeti. Although, awesome. you got to say, this is maybe the biggest Yeti you've ever seen, and you've taken down several. Recently dead or like it's frozen in there? Well, it's kind of tough to tell because it's lying in a drift of snow. So, you know, it could it could be there for weeks and it could have been there for minutes at, and it would still be just about as frozen. Um, it doesn't seem to be totally covered up with snow. So it's sometime within the last week or so, you would guess, just because we've had that terrific snowstorm. So, um, but uh, yeah. It's, it's tough to tell if it's, you know, something that's happened recently or not. It, so, are, are you able to tell at all what killed it or if it just died? Yeah. You, um, you would, you couldn't tell. There are no marks on the body that you could see. No gashes or anything like that. Um, so you know, you'd probably have to get up and actually physically examine the body and uh, to see if you could figure out what killed it. Um. Here's the thing. With Thrax's vision, I really couldn't tell. However, I know that they like the cold, and I know they can blend right in, and they have no problem sleeping inside or outside in the snow. Um, And I can tell you, honestly, it's one of the largest creatures I've ever seen of this type. We have two two thoughts here. One, we can assume that this is hopefully the entrance we're looking for, uh, just because there's no smoke now doesn't mean there isn't smoke ever. And then we can try to explore and see if this connects to other tunnels, which I can only think they would, because that's how the dwarves work. 
they they always have multiple tunnels in and out. Or two, we can leave here and potentially not disturb the beast and see if we can find another opening. But I honestly think with the view that that, um, my owl gave and Thrax's investigation that we probably be better off going through this tunnel and being very cautious and looking around and seeing if it ties into other tunnels. Yeah, and I as uh when they were when Thrax was going into on his skirty skirt, I was looking through the journal and I was looking at the um and I was looking at where uh Malvin had talked about this place and when uh Aloha came back out there wasn't smoke rising into the air but it still smelled like he had been around a fire so even though there isn't smoke billowing out right now it doesn't mean that it's not in there yeah this is the way he went in apparently that's day 49 we can bowl scry on a whenever we want right Mm -hmm. well three times a day so can we just like look for him and see or is it the same is it in the when past, it's we've been the looked same multiple times, has it been the exact same, like a like a video clip like thing, or is it like the same place but the wind's a little different, the lighting's off? No, yeah, roll for me history. See what you recall having looked at the bowl, and actually, probably the person to, to roll that would be me, Ireland, since he's the one actually was commanding the bowl. Uh, that's really good. That's a non-natural 20. Okay. Um, You know, come to think of it, now that you think of it, the couple of times that you did change it up, um, yeah, it seemed to change a little bit with the seasons. You know, the the first time you looked at the the cave with the smoke coming out, the smoke was a little different in size and shape, and and, uh, the foliage was a little less green, and then the second time it was a little more green. So, uh, yeah, it does seem to change a little bit with the seasons. Okay. So what we could do is scry now Mm -hmm. and see how it looks. And then if we find a place that we think it is, we could scry again and see if we see ourselves. I mean, that's I think scrying right now is not a bad idea. Okay. Do you want to pull the bowl out and fill it with water and away you go? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, you, uh, fill the bowl up and then you, uh, do the incantation and call it a Lowell's name. And this time you only get three images. The first one is once again, the cave. And this time it only has the tiniest little trickle of smoke coming out. I mean, it's barely even visible, but it is surrounded by snow this time. And then the second one, once again, is the Cloud City or the Cloud Castle. And then the third one, of course, is the hellish scene that you've seen before. Okay. So now it's something we can probably recognize now that we know precisely how it looks. And also something that's a little weird is even though we uh, technically only destroyed three of them, we're only getting three instead of four visions. Yeah, maybe he That's had. a very good point. Yeah, you would always assume that there was seven, because seven is such a powerful number in in the uh, world of magic. And also because there are seven clues. 
Hey, Arlen, mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't think to ask this sooner, but um, the cave with the trail of smoke, the thin trail of smoke, mm-hmm. the entrance that you saw was definitively outside or just yes. happened to have snow around it? Um, it, it appeared to be outside. Like there, there was a lot more snow than I think would be able to even get through a broken wall considering it's in a mountainside. Not to beat a dead bard on this, I'm just asking, when you saw the cave, did you see, like, trees on the outside, skylight, anything that would make you think, oh, yeah, that's on the outside, because there's always the possibility that the cave we're looking at is just inside. It appeared to be um, an outside entrance. So you, you couldn't see any trees or anything, but there's always a possibility that it was just really well illuminated on the inside and had some sort of snow-like substance that looks more like snow on camera than snow actually looks like snow. Snow on reflection. Um, I don't doubt your magical powers. I'm just, for the <laughs> first time, really thinking about the fact that we're not 100% certain that the cavern we're looking for is on the outside versus, like, inside where there's a hole through the top and let snow down in front of it. Because it could be what we're what we're looking at is something like a uh, like a geyser where it's allow a geyser tube which allows the steam to come up and through it or in this case the smoke but not actually a cave door. Yeah, you didn't think about that. Yeah, maybe there's a it's an underground area and the roof has collapsed and allowed the snow in and the light in. Because really, all you can see in the bowl is just the mouth of the cave mm-hmm. with snow around it. it. Was rock around it before? Now it's snow around it. Hmm. Well, let's let's carefully move down this tunnel and see what we can find. Okay, so you're gonna cross we, cross the city and head for the tunnel. Yeah, do we want to explore the city or do we want to leave it for the gnomish uh, archaeologists? Um, I'd like to take a minute. I mean, Lily, just a quick minute to kind of familiarize myself with the area, um, just because my background allows this, so I can kind of get an idea of how I got from just a real good idea of how I got here and where it's at, so I can always come back and lead people here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a trait called Wanderer for Outlanders, but I think we should head inside. And um, if our two monks aren't opposed to it, I think there are sneakier of our two people. Maybe they can kind of like go ahead into that room and station themselves around the target in case that thing is alive. Yeah. Yeah, we can do paths without a trace, and you've got your mm-hmm. cloak, and I'm pretty stealthy anyway. Yeah, so I can I can cast pass without a trace before we even enter anywhere. I think it's wise we we're, this the game we're that we currently find ourselves in, or rather the hunt we find ourselves in, is getting much, much, much more serious now. All right. Well, everybody gets plus ten to their stealth, as long as you stay within thirty feet of me. Oh man. And is it just you and I going to do recon? Is that what? Yeah. Yeah. We can. We can be ahead. So are you just going to stay 30 feet ahead or are you going to go all the way to the door and the rest of the people are going to stay back? What's the plan here? Um, I can, we've kind of done that before where I've gone 30 feet ahead because I can mm-hmm. turn invisible now and dim light. I can just be invisible and no one can see me. Yep. Um, so I can go 30 feet ahead and then there, I guess, I mean, 30 feet isn't that far though. Well, no. you can, I mean, how about, we'll just scout it out. Yeah. And then we'll come back. Well, we'll, yeah. We will go scout ahead and then we'll come back. Because okay. we can move super fast. And let's make sure that the sleeping thing is, in fact, dead because yeah. we don't need that coming up behind us. Yeah. And then if we fought that, it might wake up some other things. So, 
Yeah. Uh, at least for Adrian, not to be uh, sound like I'm being a smart aleck, but I'm going to point down at the inside of the door, just inside the cave, and go shadow. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if no one and I are going in, I I will be invisible. I don't. I would rather not let myself be seen if I can help it. So as we go in, I shall meld into the shadows, which is a little freaky. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Because I have to try to keep up with you. So you know, it's all quiet, and then you hear a crunch on the snow, and you realize that you, you, know, you yeah, you got a lot of. Are you, are you playing the world's well, smallest violin for him there? I, I have my eye on you. Yeah, uh, Jesse, are you playing the world's smallest violin for him there? Yeah. yeah. I, I Actually, I'm just following her footsteps in the snow, so yeah. I'm good. Well, yeah. I mean, you've got to cross the uh, the snow-covered town here first, so there's a ways before before you can get to uh, shadowy, sneaky places. You just have to sneak from wall to wall. Plus, and, and as to your question um, there, Bryce, about... Uh, leaving it for the archaeologists or investigating, there's not much to investigate. Uh, much like when you're at Kelium Setes, there's just a couple of little wall stones sticking up here and there. Um, is, you know, a couple of them actually form actual walls, but um, there's not much left to, to see here. You, you probably have to wait till spring if you want to go in and start doing some archaeology here. Mm-hmm. I'm just... Cotter, now would be a really good time for you to take your sword out and have it ready with a light source in this case. Well, it's pretty well lit at this point because you guys are still, you know, in the middle. Of, I, I just know. I mean, when we go into the tunnel, yeah, because I'm going to that really quickly, or we're going to lose the light. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, having a good time imagining Adri and uh, no one sneaking together, and then Adri goes invisible, but no one keeps sneaking, and then Adri just like teleports twenty feet away, and no one's trying to like walk in the footsteps, but there aren't any anymore. <laughs> yes. Very good. Okay, so the two of you are going to start taking off uh, across the town there, and um, I'm assuming you're going to kind of go from cover to cover like uh, like Thrax did. Um, unfortunately, you're you know what four or five times Thrax's size, um, but why don't you give me your stealth roll there with uh, the obviously the bonuses? And I can cast past without a trace again later, though it lasts a pretty long time. So I'll do it for just no one and I mm-hmm. to start. In case, so you get plus, and 10. you get advantage with your club. Yes. Um, are we gonna have Jade do sneaky things? By she's very way? sneaky too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if Jade wants to come with us, because she's probably got a much higher perception than either of us. I can go with. Uh, if it's all the same, I'd rather keep Jade with us. I just wanted, I just wanted you guys to go in that media area near the creature, but not too near it. Because if there's one, there's chances are there's more. And um, I'd like to keep Jade with us just because she can. If she has passed without trace, she can bolster us or whatever. Do you? I do, yeah. Hey. Okay. Um, so Jade is going to stay back then and the monks are going to go forward? Okay. Yes. Sounds good. Okay, so you guys get forward. And what's your stealth rolls there? Yeah. So hilariously, I have a plus 19 and I got a 24. I have I'm still good. I have 39. <laughs> Okay, very good. So uh, you see them just kind of slowly meld forward into the uh, the snowbank, and they go from bank of snow to you know wall to snowdrift to a scraggly tree, and uh, just kind of it's kind of like a Bugs Bunny thing where they come up to the tree and all of a sudden zoop, they just like you know 
milled in right behind it. You can't even see them anymore. And then zoop, they go to the next thing. And you guys are about halfway across the uh, the town, and I need a perception check from the both of you. Twelve. Sixteen. Okay. So, um, yep, you don't really see anything at all going on there. It's kind of nice. Uh, there's nothing, nothing out of place, so that's good. And you sneaky sneak all the way over to the doorway. Okay, and you guys find yourself in the shadow of the doorway. And it's a 20-foot wide, 15-foot tall archway. And you, now that you're close, you can see that it's carved in reliefs that show, uh, that show even after a thousand years of wear. And it seems to be a blocky design invoking gears and arms and mechanical heads. And the top is a scroll that has in, in relief that simply says, The Gnome Home. And at some point it had an ornate pair of bronze doors, but only one still hangs there by a single hinge now out into the snow. Is it in Gnomish or in Common? It, it is in that? Gnomish, so you're probably ah. the only one that can understand. Does anybody else speak Gnome aside of uh, Adri? I don't think so. Not I. Looks like only Adri then. We're also not there. Anyway, so are you guys going to peek around the edge there? Yes. Okay, and yes, there's a Titanic Yeti lying face down in the snowdrift. And you can see it's, um, you know, e either it fell hard enough or it's uh, been there long enough that it has been partially covered by the snow. But it's it's either dead or it's really, really calm because it's not moving. Um, I can, I mean, I can shadow meld then and get myself invisible and get close enough to see if it's breathing or anything like, do you have a mirror or something that you can put in front of its mm -hmm. mouth it, it is it is not breathing you don't see the chest going up or down or anything okay yetis do have to breathe that is a good sign poke it with a stick i'm not gonna poke it but it's just gonna be well, we gotta know poke well, it with a fire probably ball. frozen solid i mean i don't know can i can i take out like do you want to touch it and see if it's frozen solid yeah like a belt knife or something and just poke it to see if it's yeah and, and it gets the same <laughs> feeling that you get when you when you like stick a fork in a frozen steak or something it just kind of crunches it's it's definitely frozen salad all the way through all right one one thing we don't have to worry about then wait 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 wait, wait. if if yetis can sleep and live in the snow without harm why would this one be frozen solid? This seems a That's little strange. True. Yeah, because it, it's dead. do I see any signs of like injury or uh, give me a medicine check. 20 28. Okay, so you, you guys start uh, kind of pouring over the body, and this Yeti died of blunt force trauma. Um, Noan, you find like a big old dent in the side of its face, and you get to actually see like a couple of uh, couple of broken teeth sticking out through its, its uh, you know side of its mouth where it got hit real hard. And um, Adri, you notice that like one of its arms is at an odd angle, as if you know it was it was broken you know maybe just before it died so what could do that to a beast this size yeah and would just leave it here yeah instead of eating it are there any other clues about um not really it it uh, the only thing that you can really see as a clue is it's facing out as if it was leaving the tunnel and sorry, remind me how how large is the space in here? Ah, that is a good question. So as as you peer off into the darkness, the uh, tunnel just basically goes straight back into the gloom, 
It remains at 20 feet wide and 15 feet tall. So you can see about 20 feet in front of you, there's a small either passage or a room that sticks off the left side of the tunnel. And it looks like it opens up into a wider space just at the very limit of your vision out in the distance there in the dark. Okay, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just turn invisible and start sort of jumping ahead because I, I want to see okay. more if there's anything I can see. And should I hang with the Yeti? Yeah, just in case. In case something happens to me, then you're closer to the exit. Yeah. I think that's the name of this episode, Hang In With The Yeti. That'll be good. Okay. So how far ahead are you going to jump there, Adri? Do you want to just go up to that first little alcove on the left, or do you want to go to the limit of your vision 60 feet ahead, or what do you want to do? Yeah, I'll I'll start with that first alcove, because okay. especially if it looks like the Yeti was leaving and then something happened to it, I... Uh... A little wary. Okay, so you uh, you meld twenty feet forward, and it's a ten by ten space, and it's it's not in fact an alcove, but it's actually a room, and over the top of the archway into this room, uh, inscribed in the stone, is the uh, term Gnomeland Security. Oh my gosh. This is going to be awful. It's going to be it's the worst thing ever. And it contains um, two metal... Oh, you haven't heard anything yet. Oh. I'm, I'm well aware. Yes. We're, we're, we just know how it's going to go. You, should, you must quake in your shoes. Already. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, uh, Adrian, it contains the remains of two metal desks. One of them is just a uh, rusted heap. The other one, though, is still sitting on three of its legs... And uh, the back of the room, there's some partial remains of what was maybe a metal weapon rack, although really only the stain on the wall indicates what was there. The rest is just a rusted pile on the ground. Okay. Anything else in this room or just... Well, do you want to take a look through and see? Yeah. Okay, give me an investigation check. 13? Okay, yeah. The only thing you find is there's a a tattered piece of parchment that almost disintegrates in your hands as you're um, holding it. And it just seems to have a um, roster watch list, you know, um, you know who's supposed to be here when. And like I said, it it starts, you know, basically just falling apart as you pick it up. It's so old. All right, um, I'll go ahead and I guess further down the okay. way. So you can see that thirty feet further down the hallway, there's a much larger opening on the left, and then another twenty feet past there is another opening on the right and then once again it dissolves into the gloom all right i'll I'll check out that space on the left okay so you um meld up to there and this is actually about a 30 by 30 foot carbon space it's uh, wide open and over the uh entrance to that is inscribed in the rock is is gnomewares and this appears to have been a shop of some kind um there's long and rusting, partially collapsed tables lining each wall and run down the center of the aisle. Fabric skirts once hung from them, but only a few remain, and they show signs of being raided by animals for nest material, perhaps. The rest are just piles of rags on the floor, and a rusted, collapsing counter sits next to the entrance where perhaps a clerk was stationed at one point. And there's little bits of junk on the tables. Hmm. All right, and nothing... Terribly interesting aside from that. Well, do you want to do investigation on this one too? Yeah. Okay. 
Seven. Okay, yeah, you don't find anything. It just all seems to be little bits of junk that was discarded. Uh, maybe at one point it was valuable things. And then right, I'll, I'll, I'll head down to the, the alcove that's further down and to the right. And, and then it, after that, I want to come back. Yeah, it's, it's just Kitty Corner. So the, uh, okay. the southernmost edge of the thing on the right is actually opens up opposite of the uh, very northernmost edge of the Gnomewares room. And this one's about a uh, 20 by 40 foot space, uh, more oblong going back into the rock. And the name over that's carved over the entrance here is the Magic Skillet. And you can see the remains of small tables for maybe four to six peoples, um, surrounded by debris of collapsed chairs in the front of the room. While you can see a small cooking and serving counter sits at the back. The crumbled remains of broken dishes and bent silverware can be seen sticking out of the jumbled mess that's on the floor. Okay, and can I do an investigation in here? Yeah. Um, so you, you take a look in the back there, and the cooking area has a skillet, an oven, shelves, and a wash basin. Uh, the shelves still have a few crockery jars. There's like two or three crockery jars still sitting on the shelves, although everything else seems to have been removed. And... Um, in one single bottle setting up there. Uh, but that's pretty much what's in the back there. And then the, like I said, the tables just have like broken crockery and so forth on them. Okay. Um, I think, I mean, that, that was pretty far back from, from the entrance. So I'll just go ahead and turn around and come back. Yeah. You're about a hundred feet into the tunnel and you can see going forward, um, that on the left side and the right side, the uh, tunnel opens out. Although the left opening is much wider, it's about 40 feet wide, and the one on the right is only about 30. And then it go, once again goes off into the gloom. So uh, just, you know, it seems like there's alcoves going back on either side um, as you go along. So yeah, so you're going to head back to the front? Yes. Okay. And give me a stealth roll. Does she get advantage because she's invisible? Yeah, 26. Okay, and give me a perception roll there, uh, Noan. 18. Okay, so yeah, you sneak back down the hall there, Adri, and you just come up right next to Oan and Noan, and, and he goes, ah! And he totally jumps as you surprise him. Do I jump with the spinning backhand? <laughs> I don't know, do you? I, I mean, you knew that I was going ahead. Yeah, and, and you know, my back was probably against the wall. I'm not going to just be sitting there exposed, so. <laughs> Very good, okay. So um, there you are at the Yeti. Uh, what are you going to do? Um, I guess I'll head back out and inform the whole party that I didn't see anything much interesting aside from what you'd expect from a thousand-year-old ruin. Okay, so you're uh, just going to, uh, how are you going to get back? Are you gonna just going to stride right on back now that you've explored, or what are you going to yeah. do? Well, yeah, I mean, we're, wherever the party is, we'll still be careful walking our way back. Okay. We'll still stealth our, our way, yeah. Okay, give me, give me a stealth roll again then. 36 and 34 not too shabby at all so once again you guys go sneak sneak sneaking back and once again give me a perception check when you are uh, about halfway there Four. Twenty. okay so um adri you're just kind of focused on your your next bit of cover and your next bit of cover there um but you all of a sudden you feel no one's hand on your shoulder and no one, you notice that just slightly to the right of you, the snowdrift right there 
has eyes and they're looking at you. All right. So I just kind of lean over and whisper to Adri, look over there. The snowdrift is watching us. Do we get a sense of danger or? Um, well, certainly you do now. I mean, how many snowdrifts do you know that have eyes? That's true. That's and true. how close is this? We're past, I was hanging out with the Yeti, so we're on our way back. Right? Yeah, you're about halfway so... through the town here. Yeah, so you're about half a mile from the, uh, from your friends there. Half a mile? The town's about a mile wide. Or maybe, what do I say, about half a mile wide, so you're about a quarter mile, so you're what? Yeah, about a couple hundred feet here, three, four hundred feet from your friends at this point in Isn't time. Isn't a quarter mile like a thousand feet? Like a thousand yeah. feet. Yeah. I, I kind of, yeah, I mean, if we if we dash, then we can dash a hundred feet. And or I can talk to it. If it understands a language, it will understand me and I could call it out. I no. What do we I, I mean, do? Are, we, are we far? They can see us at this point, right? The party? Yes. Well, I mean, you well, guys are so sneaky, they probably can't see you, but if you were to make a, you know, wave at them or something, they would certainly see you. You know, like, there's just a couple of like walls this. around, yeah. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to point to where the danger is. Okay. And when you do that, Noan? Wouldn't the danger notice you? The danger notices you. And all of a sudden, the snow that was surrounding this Yeti that was in front of you erupts right out of it and then you also hear three more growls from immediately around you great okay this is my favorite time of year yeti time mm-hmm. okay so let me draw this up real quick um, my Dang, favorite part is being a thousand feet away from the action that's my favorite See, part as a ranger in the mountains i can track creatures and i can know how many they are and where they are and how far away they are which is what i was yeah, gonna do you up there you could have, but you weren't up there and they wouldn't have had any tracks so. might have no Who knows? meanwhile we're sitting back here hunkered down for warmth talking about hopefully they're not getting any trouble we're inventing a gnome uh business names we have been and it has been terrible <laughs> is that visible y'all are surrounded Wait, which one's the Yeti? Yeah, and, and, and we are the two in the center there? You are the two in the two. center. And so the one immediately um, closer to the camera there, that's the one that no one noticed. Hmm. But it turns out that three of the other snowdrifts around here were also Yeti in disguise. I didn't realize Yeti had guerrilla tactics there. They do indeed. <laughs> in fact, it's called... Snow camouflage is a skill that they have. There's no like... camouflage like snow camouflage. Yep. I feel like my hit points are very low. Do you but... have Melanie? Oh, no. Okay, so here's the way it's going to work. The rest of you um, will be able to dash into this combat because you can see all of a sudden the snowdrifts erupting and creatures around Matt and Jesse or Adrian and Noan. And you'll be able to dash in. Jade, mm-hmm. um, everybody else can get there in three rounds. They'll be available in the fourth round. You can get there in uh, two rounds and be available in the third by using your cat's grace mm-hmm. to run at tip-top speed. 
And <laughs> also, you can... Um, uh, Wait, is, actually... Is, is dashing multiplicative or linear? You're overthinking this, Bryce. Yeah, because if, if it's multiplicative, she can get here in uh, one round and be ready in two. How far can she move in one round? I can, uh, with the cat's grace, I can move 60 feet mm-hmm. as my movement. And then if I dash... No, it's, a, it's, it's 60 feet and then an extra 30 feet. And, and what a no, dash does is it linear. gives you an additional whatever your movement is. Yes. Oh, it is? Yeah. yeah. Not, oh, dude, that, it's, it's that messes code. up our whole yeah. whiteboard of moving 8,000 feet in a round. Yeah, so you need to refigure that when you get done. By the way, we'll, we'll send you a picture, guys. They went and uh, theorycrafted how very fast someone um, could possibly move around. How? Well, so they're 1,000 feet away? Uh, roughly, yeah. Okay. Um, mm. I can teleport me and one other person 500 feet. Okay. Forward, so. So, um, you could get you, so you guys can get there in two rounds and be there in the third. Jade can get there in two rounds and be there in the third. Whoever the sad sack is that goes last will be there in the fourth round. And with that set up, that's where we're going to stop today. We left my horse behind, I'm sad. Yeah, you did. Dungeon Master's Notes. Okay, well, a bit of a shorter episode uh, because the next two are going to be huge with this fight that the party has just got themselves in. And also, it wasn't supposed to work like this. The party was supposed to go and they were all supposed to go together into the town to go there and then get jumped by the Yetis. But of course, no, they couldn't do that. They had to go split up. And we'll see if splitting the party will end up being fatal. It's going to be very interesting to be sure. Um, These Yeti are nothing to sneeze at. Um, Also, I'm kind of glad that Adri's explorations ended when they did because I didn't relish the thought of her exploring all the way through the catacombs of the gnome home and uh, discovering everything without the rest of the party there. So I'm kind of glad she turned around when she did. But anyways, things are looking kind of grim. The monks are now trapped in the middle of a bunch of Yeti. Uh, Help with the rest of the party is far, far away. It's going to take them rounds and rounds to get there. Hopefully the monks can hold out. I'm kind of hoping they can. And even when they get there, the party is now going to find themselves up against a really tough foe. So what's going to happen? We'll have to wait for the next episode to find out. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head. <laughs>